God's People on today's show, I interview a very dynamic entrepreneur by the name of Rachel L. Proctor out of Texas. That's at Rachel L. Proctor on Instagram and RachelLProctor.com. We're going to talk about marketplace, ministry, faith, business, all that good stuff. And before that, I talk a little bit about adapting and emerging and put everybody in their place, including myself. And we're going to get you where you need to be in Christ Jesus into your purpose out here. Right about now, you want to sit back, relax, and enjoy the inspiration. Inspiration, now in session. Inspire God's people. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. God's people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggled to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your jeans. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to inspire God's people where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. It is time for you to emerge and adapt. Look around, people. I don't know if you realized it, but this world has gone through a lot of change this year. And what I'm noticing is that, like, we see the change. We're in the change but some of us are not recognizing the change. Like, have you ever been in a situation? Like, sometimes for me, you can catch me like going on a road trip. If I'm not driving, which usually I'm driving, so this ain't the best example in the world. But if I'm not driving and I'm just like daydreaming or just sitting in the back, like, I might find myself coming to myself at some point like, yo, where we at? Because I just stopped paying attention. I saw it. I was there, but I didn't recognize it because I wasn't paying attention. Some of us are living our lives that way right now, where it's like we just kind of going through the motions and we don't realize the importance of the moment we live in. So, so let me unpack a couple things, right? To emerge means to come forth. That just means that, look, whatever you were doing prior to now, you weren't where God called you to be. You were living beneath the means that he had purpose for you. So you knew that he required more. You know good and well there's a call on your life. You know, you, you are familiar with the fact that, ooh, like, uh, I'm supposed to be doing better, but I'm going to run from God like Jonah tried to do because I don't want to accept. I don't like the purpose or plan he has for me. Sometimes we don't like God's plan, so we, we refuse to emerge when we don't like his plan. But to emerge means to accept that call to come forth. And then once you do that, you need to adapt, right? Because once you emerge, you are now coming forth into a new environment. New environments are uncomfortable. You don't know how, how we dress here, how we supposed to talk here. Uh, what do we do? Man, like some of us need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. That is the only way you're going to emerge is if you embrace the uncomfort, right? And then as we talk about adapting, right, to this new environment that you're in, to adapt means to make suitable for a new use or purpose. Once you emerge, adapting is the process and the change that takes place through God's word, where now you have a new use and a new purpose for your body, for your talents, right? Um, you're, we're one body, many members. Um, we, you know, the gift comes without repentance. You have the gifts, you have the talents, but now it's time to repurpose them. Once you've emerged, now it's time to adapt, okay? Now, let, let me try to give a practical example, then I, I'll get off of this. Look, the world today, if you haven't noticed, <laughs> we're living in a very different world. Now, there are some good things about that, and there are some challenging things about that. And when I say adapt, one thing that I don't mean is to conform. So don't mistake adapting with conforming. We're not called to conform. But let me give you an example of adapting. You know, prior to COVID, my life was way different. If I'm being, I mean, way different. In a lot of ways, it's way better now. Like God is blessed and a lot of opportunities and 
Um, I've been able to be involved in a lot of things. But, you know, something as simple as like, bro, I used to have conference calls. Didn't have to be on video. Just had, you know, I could have a phone on mute and be walking around doing whatever on my conference calls. Um, I traveled across a few states to meet clients. Um, so I might have a road trip today, come back in town tomorrow, you know, conference calls and some office work, whatever, you know, might hit the gym for my lunchtime, right? Now look at the world today. You can't even go to the gym, not in Michigan. I know some states y'all can go to the gym. In Michigan, my gym is closed. My gym has been closed since March. Um, so I had to, you know, I, hey, got the, got the treadmill at the house. I had, I, I bought some uh, overpaid for some some weight, some dumbbells on eBay because um, I still got to work out. I still got to try to stay active. Right. But I had to adapt to what was going on now. I couldn't expect that. Like, no matter how much I wanted to be stuck in my old ways or I want to go to the gym, the gym ain't open. And that's the problem with some of us is that we don't want to adapt because we don't realize it ain't going back to normal and whatever it is like. It's not going back to how it used to be. Once you emerge, you need to adapt because you're in a new world, right? Not conform, but adapt. Now, when I think about like just my work life, um, I accepted a new role. I told you all that right before COVID, um, you know, took a national role and um, super exciting role uh, working with really large clients and just just a kind of a, a fun, exciting situation, right? Then COVID happens and you go from thinking you're about to be traveling the country every week to nothing. Like you can't travel. It's banned, right? I got one trip that I might need to take to a big client in Florida right now. And you got to go through all these approvals. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to do that, right? And so my point is, here's the last thing. You you go from thinking you're going to be traveling the country, no travel. Now you're in a situation, you're on Zoom calls every day. I'm on five to 10 Zoom calls every day. This means I need a freshly pressed new shirt on every day. Who cares what my pants look like? I'm adapting. I don't want to waste all my good pants, so I just put on random pants, whatever. But from the waist up, I look amazing. This is a new world. I went from traveling to Zooming. Now I hit all the states in the, you know, I'm still traveling to every state in the country every day, but it's virtually, right? Adapting. If I decided I don't want to adapt, I cannot progress in this particular environment. So what I'm what I'm saying all of this to say is wherever you're at in your life, whatever you're doing, it's time to repurpose and become a better version of you. And some of us will spend our entire lives being the same person, never emerging, never adapting. And if you don't do it, the sad thing about it is you find yourself in such an unhappy state because you never like just emerge. What could it hurt you to emerge? I would hate to live my entire life and have to look back and say, I never rose up. I never came forth. I never made myself suitable for a new use or purpose. This whole show is about balancing faith and business to guide you to your purpose. That's right, people. Now it's in the commercial vibe. That's how quick I can go to a commercial. Thank you so much. If you are a new listener for joining in, we are about to jump into an amazing interview with my guest today. But look, one of the things I'm thinking about doing, y'all, we talking about emerging and adapting. You know, I've been, I've waited to almost 100 episodes, but I am going to start doing advertisements sometime in the near future, Lord willing. Um, so if anyone is interested, I'm still putting together the packages and what that's going to look like. Um, I believe in partnerships, very strongly partnerships. Um, and so that's what the the advertisement um, is going to be based around partnering more than anything about how we can partner. Um, but yeah, hit me up at JermaineWilsonMusic at gmail.com if you or anyone is interested. Um, definitely have to have a business that aligns with our values. Um, you know, with inspiring guys, people. But if you're interested in that, let us know. Um, check out my music by typing in J Will Music, J W I L M U S I C. Add me to your Apple, you know, music and Spotify playlist. But look, more than anything, 
subscribe to this show, give us ratings, share it with a friend, like do all that good stuff because it matters to keep us going, to keep me going. I'm super busy, but I am not like, I'm so committed to this show and I thank God for it. No, no matter what my life has done in the last couple of years, ups, downs, in-betweens, great moments, tough moments, I've been here with y'all every week. And I appreciate y'all listening all around the world, all the countries y'all rocking in. But look, man, sit back, relax, and enjoy this inspiration. We got a good interview on deck. Email us, JermaineWilsonMusic at gmail.com. Let us know what you like about the show. Like about the show. Like about the show. Let me interview you. Here's what we gon' do. You gon' talk to me, and I'm gon' talk to you. Maybe on the phone or possibly in person. Either way it goes, we gon' be talking purpose. What's up, guys? People, we have a great interview today. Um, I'm looking forward to talking to this young lady. Um, checked her out on Instagram. I believe she's from Texas, heard the accent and everything. Uh, we have Rachel L. Proctor joining the show today. What's up, Rachel? How you doing? I'm good, Jermaine. How are you? <laughs> I am doing well. It's um really nice to meet you. These are kind of like the most, let me not say the most anything. I really look forward to the interviews when I, when I don't know the person. So I appreciate you taking the time to jump on today. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. Great, man. So... Um, because I don't know you, this makes this a little easy, like to really, sometimes I interview people and I know them and I'm asking these questions for the audience. Uh, but today we want to learn a little bit about you, about your business. I see on your, um, social media, you are a business strategist and how do you say online educator? So I've been yeah. checking out your Instagram and saw that you have a ton of amazing things that you do um, for free. And we'll get into that later. But first, I want to ask you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe who you were growing up, whether it be in high school? You could go back as far as you want to go or as recent, but we want to get an idea of like, you know, who is Rachel L. Proctor um, and how did you get to where you are on your journey? Well, I'll, I'll let me start where I am now. Okay, that's <laughs> well, cool. I, I'm a, uh, like you said, I'm a, I'm a business strategist, but I like to really call myself overall just a virtual, a virtual mentor because a lot of what I do, yes, I speak to a lot of the strategy that you need in business, but I believe that it all comes full circle in terms of like your personal, your spiritual, all of that works together, um, especially when you talk about being in business because of just all of the things you have going on when you seek to start a business. So I, I really look at myself just overall as a virtual business mentor. But like you said, I love to teach, train. I, I consider myself an online educator. Um, I would say that Going back to just, I guess, when I was younger, um, I, I actually am a PK, so I'm a preacher's kid, if you didn't know what okay. PK was. Yeah. Um, so I'm a preacher's kid. So my dad was actually a pastor and he was a businessman. So I have literally never worked in corporate America. I, I actually have no frame of reference for corporate America. <laughs> okay. I can literally remember being 13, standing in my dad's office, learning how to make payroll. So when I say entrepreneurship, is a big part of my life. Literally, it you I, I, I and I don't want to make an absolute statement, but it really is my life in terms of just the things that we've seen growing up and just how my parents and my family we work together and my dad shaped us even in leadership. And so a lot of just who I was um growing up, I think I think destiny leaves us clues because I can even remember being really, really, really little and you know, like trying to sell stuff. Like I would make these, um, <laughs> I would make these little mobiles, like you hang over a baby's bed. Like I, yep. I think I was like six years old and I would make these little mobiles out of my mom's hangers. She would get from the, uh, from the dry cleaners and I would take some string and like cut out stuff, cut out paper and make these little things that I even did a catalog <laughs> and I would sell I them to it. my siblings. So I think entrepreneurship and just that path, um, even though it was kind of, you know, even though it was right there and it was just this part of my life, I think we still all have to kind of take our own journey in terms of what what we're really called to do. And I think sometimes that path, it does. It's not always straight. And I know you know that, but yeah. it's not always just a straight line. And so 
I would I always tell people, I guess if I wasn't an entrepreneur and I guess if I wasn't doing what I was doing now, I would have taught school. And I think that's why I love teaching so much and teaching entrepreneurs so much because I've learned and gleaned so much growing up. And um, yeah, I would say that, you know, just even kind of like who I was in high school, I'm extremely shy. People do not believe it <laughs> because of all the stuff it. that I've done. All the stuff that I've done, I've actually was elected to office for six years um, and ran for mayor last year. So oh, uh, wow. people do not believe that I'm a shy person. But honestly, I'm very and I don't know if it's shy or just introverted. I think it's more leaning towards introverted than it is just necessarily shy. But um, that was me growing up. I was very shy. You couldn't pay me to say two words in front of people. So I love to that. believe now that I get paid to actually come and talk to people is just, it's mind blowing to me. So, okay. All right. You said a couple things. All right. Now, now I love this because again, I'm getting to know you right now. So we got a couple things in common already, believe it or not. Uh, my father's okay. also a pastor. So okay. I've grown up in church. I'm in Detroit, grown up in Detroit on the church scene, which, you know, Similar to Texas, you know, we have a pretty large church scene here in Detroit. I think maybe the difference um, in the South is that a lot of y'all churches, y'all tend to have bigger, more um, large churches um, than Lots we do. Lots of mega churches. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, we do. it's a lot of mega churches, especially in my area. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So a lot of ours, you know, we have a lot of storefronts, some semi-mega, whatever you might want to call it. But, you know, we got a lot of the gospel music industry here. I come, mm -hmm. I grew up in a music family. So like even my younger brother, I'm even talking to him tonight, uh, just talking to him today. He's, um, I don't want to put too much of his business out there, but people in the city, they know he's a, a Darius James. He's a worship leader. Um, okay. and he's looking at taking, um, a new role right now. He's kind of transitioning and, and trying to make some decisions. So as you talked about, like the entrepreneurship that's instilled in us in church, um, sometimes we don't necessarily think of it that way when we grow up in it. But we mm -hmm. really, you really are there. So like my, I got a brother that's a professional drummer. Darius is a full-time professional uh, praise and worship leader. And those are, those are their jobs. So, so similar to you, um, a lot of my family um, work in the church and they haven't had corporate jobs like myself um, being able to kind of, I've done a little bit of both. Um, and I've more so made a career in the corporate world, um, but definitely know love and respect um, kind of that path that you take in church. Um, and the other thing you said that I really want to kind of unpack just a little bit if we can, because I really think it'll help someone. And that's this idea that like you're an introvert, but you are finding success in business, teaching and speaking. And that's something that I think a lot of people who are introverted, because I'm also an introvert that people don't necessarily believe that um, when I tell them that. But like, can you talk just a little bit about like whether it be growing up as an introvert or did you ever have a hard time like getting comfortable with what you do um, and kind of like, you know, coming out of your shell? What was that process like? Assuming that was your process. Uh huh. Yeah. No. And it's still it's still I still have I still have to work on it. It's something that I have to be intentional about. I think not as intentional as I was in the beginning, but definitely I have to continue to be cognizant of it. But I think more so, like I said, it's it's introvert in the fact of how I recharge. Like I, I do not like small talk, a, a level of anxiety, <laughs> you know, like I agree. literally Jermaine, like I would go like, like I said, I was elected to office. So I was always at events. I was always at fundraising. I was just always somewhere it's for those six years. And I remember it. It's so funny to me now, but I was so serious in those moments. Like I would come like, you know, if you go to a gala or something and they may have like the VIP hour before the event start where everybody's just networking and walking around talking and going up. Like literally I would come late because to like avoid all of that because yeah. I just, I can't, you know, well, I won't say I can, I, I have to be careful with my words, but it just was something that I would always try to avoid. And so I think the thing for me has been in terms of not using being an introvert to my disadvantage, but learning how to make my introvertedness, if that's a word, work to my advantage, knowing that okay, yes, I have something to give and this is how I do it and this is when I can step into my flow. But yeah. also knowing that my introvertedness is the source of my power because I know that I have to, even like Jesus, have to retreat in order to recharge. Like that's where I get yeah. my recharge. That's how I charge my battery up. So it's not necessarily that 
you know, extroverts are, are varsity and introverts are JV. Like they're both varsity. <laughs> you just got to know how to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You just got to kind of know how to play that as your strength, knowing that I, I know myself. And when I've reached my threshold, I've reached my threshold. It's time to back up. It's time to recharge. And this is how I get my power is by using, pulling, pulling that side of me and saying, okay, I know what I have to do to recharge and to move forward. And I know where I'm, I know where I'm best in terms of my creativity. And it is in that introverted space when I've kind of pulled back and retreated. No, and see, you said something so dope. I know myself. And I think like for some of us, it might be as simple in the beginning as a first step to step back and get to know yourself versus just right. fast forwarding through life, looking at what everyone else is doing. Um, because I could relate so much. I, I went to this, um, this networking event. Um, it, it wasn't really, it wasn't a networking event. It really was a conference um, for managers, African-American managers in corporate America. Um, in Washington, D.C. last year. Really nice conference, really good opportunity. And when I tell you there were about a thousand um, young black managers from corporate America there from different companies all across the country. So you, I met some really great people, but they had some of those type of events that you're talking about. And I, I remember there was this one event where there was about, let's say if there was 350 people there and it was a closed in space. And I literally had to go to the next floor and just sit by myself for 30 minutes because I was about to lose my mind. And so right. I can relate so much. And it's, and I think what people have to realize is there's nothing wrong with that. Once you know yourself, then you just have to plan around and make, and then position yourself. Like you said, use it as a strength and not a weakness. And I think sometimes our default position as an introvert is to view it as a weakness and it really isn't a weakness. It's just a difference. Um, so no, I love that. Um, so can you tell us now, like, all right, so you have this, you ran for mayor and all these other things as an introvert, um, grew up as a PK, learned entrepreneurship, never worked in corporate America, which is amazing and great. Um, so, but at what point did you know you wanted to be you know, what you do, what you're doing today. Right. Like, so what was kind of the aha moment that led you to your current business? You know what? I don't know if it was like one big moment. I, it was, it feels like, and people ask me this question all the time. So I probably should already have <laughs> an answer for this by now, but I really don't like, I think and, and as much as I in, in the way that my mind works in terms of just like how I process things, I'm very I have an engineer's brain. I'm not I don't have a degree in engineering, but the way that I process things is very, um, very linear in terms of the way that I think. And I can be I try to be very intentional and very purposeful in terms of just planning things or goals that I pursue. But one thing that I can say about. I, one thing that I can say as far as why or, or some of the things that I believe have led me to this place, as much as I try to be intentional about my path in life, all of the things that I can put my hands on, and I will say that with absolute certainty, all of the things that I know, even the failures, even the, the shame, even the embarrassment, you know, good and bad, all of that in, in between. Yeah. As much as I try to be intentional about things, the things that I believe were truly shifts in my destiny to bring me to this place were more instinctive than they were intentional. I, I hope that. that makes sense. No, it they makes were, perfect they sense. Were, they were more instinctive, like, I don't know why you're telling me to do this instead of this thing that I've researched and planned and gotten out and, you know, did all this, this research on. God, I don't know why you're shifting me to do this instead, but because, you know, I trust you. I'm going I'm to go this way instead. You know, even the things, like I said, that were that were clearly mistakes, even the things that were clearly, you know, kind of like, OK, Rachel, you're bad. You know, yeah. like that was your that was a bad decision. Like even those things had some level of of instinct to to where I was like, OK, you you you, you feel sorry for yourself for a little bit. But then you start looking at, OK, if I hadn't have actually did that 
You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I wouldn't have been in this place and I wouldn't have ever met that person or I wouldn't have ever had this particular thing, you know, um, in place, you know, because I did do that. And that just kind of takes us back to, you know, Romans 8 and 28, that all things are working yep. together, Take you know, the even the things that we don't. And so it was, it really feels like it was just a series of shifts, like almost just like on a, and I don't play chess, so I probably shouldn't use this analogy, <laughs> but do I'm going to do it anyway. Oh, let's do so, it. So, um, you know, it just feel like you're just being shifted on the chessboard. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it just yeah. feels real instinctive. It, I don't really know if it was just one big thing or one big aha moment. And it said, Rachel, you're supposed to do this. Like, I just can think back on it. And it was just these series of little bitty things and these steps um, that God, that God, you know, that God orchestrated. Yeah. And, you know. And, and so look, and that's, you know, first of all, I have a, one of the pictures in my studio says success is built on failure. Um, that's probably the biggest picture in my studio. And one of the reasons I put that there is to remind myself that, Number one, yeah, you know you're not, you know you're imperfect, Jay. It, it's cool. Um, that's what repentance is for. That's what turning away from and turning to Christ is all about. Um, but also in understanding that any success that I've ever built was actually founded on some level of failure that led me there, even if it was a matter of failure giving me the burning desire um, in my gut to want to pursue success. And so you, you said something good, like you didn't let failure stop you. Right. And, and I think, you know, when you talk about instincts, I'm wondering, like, do, would you consider yourself a pretty prepared person? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Just my natural. Yeah. Just my natural tendencies in terms of that. I always have to feel prepared. And I think some of that is because of, again, me looking at how, like, I'm not an off the cuff person. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. I, I really, I mean, like conversations like this, okay, yeah, we're, we're off the cuff. Right. But like, just as far as just the way that I approach business, or if I go to, to minister or to teach a class, I'm never off the cuff. So I'm always looking to be prepared because I just feel like when you, when you know that you're prepared for something, it gives you that level of confidence you need to do it in excellence. Yeah. Um, and I, I just believe that's, that's how we should do anything. We should prepare, you know, to do it. So I do believe that I am a prepared person, but sometimes I've experienced it. And like I said, it, instinct has had me to throw my plans and my preparedness out of the window and yeah. to trust God at certain times, you know, not all the time, but there have been some things where it was like, okay, all of that's out the window. We're doing this. No. And see, the and reason, like, I, the reason I asked that is because I agree with you. Like being prepared actually allows you to be more instinctive because yeah. What happens is when you're prepared and you go away from that, you know, it's God number one. Cause you like, well, wait a minute. I got this whole, like I was going here, but then I got to the place or the conversation. Like there have been times when I had to minister somewhere. And like, again, I, most, most of us who ever minister go through this where you really are prepared, but whether it be on the drive to wherever you speaking at, whether it be the interaction and the, pastor or bishop's office or whatever it might have been, there's something that can take place and God takes you a whole new space. And you know, it's him. Like you said, it's instinctive. But I, the reason I'm pointing this out is because I think some people are lazy and try to call it instinctiveness, but that, that is totally opposite of what you're saying. So anybody listening out there, I, I just want to call that out because what people will do, I've seen this, they'll be lazy and unprepared. And it'd be like, oh yeah, God moved. He took it somewhere else. Like, no, you needed no, you some. Just didn't have <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't going nowhere, bro. Like you, you needed that. So, so no, that's a that's a, a a good thing to point out. Like preparation allows for instinctiveness. But I love that you said that. Like, so for you, it's been this journey of like different things happening in your life, and you've had to make pivots and turns and things like that. And so, all right, I went to your website, right? And one of the things I really like about your website, um, at least the one linked um, in your um, Instagram, I think is rachellproctor.com. Mm -hmm. And like, there's just this one page. We talking about, this is why I'm like, okay, you seem super organized. Like it's one page, but everything is there. It's like, everything is linked 
perfectly. It's clear. Um, I'm curious, like, so you do the online, let, walk, walk us through some of the things that you do, because what I'm curious of is how the puzzle started coming together. And I know it was instinctiveness that got you there, but you seem like a person with a very clear vision. And I'm curious how you gain that level of clarity in your vision in doing multiple areas of business. Oh, that's that's good to hear. Because <laughs> sometimes I'm like, what in the world what am, am I, I doing? doing today? Like, what? Why am I doing this? Right. Um. So yeah. So that's actually that's encouraging. Um. But yeah. No. I. I. Um. I would say that I think it was a process of just refining things, like testing things out, failing fast, and you know what I'm saying, and trying things out. I think. Um. Yeah, I, I, it was a lot of it just came. It just it feels like I guess in the and I'm I try to I'm very much so like descriptive in terms of how like stuff God shows me things in my mind. Yeah, and it's just like this process of refining it over and over and over and over again until you kind of get to the final to the final draft, I guess. And um, yeah, because I think when I started, I, I really did not know what I was doing in the beginning. And I, I'm, I'm being so serious about this. Even though I was raised up in, in an entrepreneurial family, we were a mom and pop operation. Now we, we've we been in business. We have a school here in Dallas. We've been in business almost 30 years at this point. And, but you know, in the beginning and just, like I said, when you, you know, when you start out like that and yeah. it's, it's cause it wasn't a corporate school. Like we were literally, all of us were literally figuring out a lot of things as we were going along in terms of even building this business. But it's one thing, it's one thing to actually maintain something somebody else started, meaning what my dad started. And it's a whole nother thing for God to give you a vision and you have to dig that thing out of the ground on your own. I love it. And that. it's kind of like, you know, okay, I didn't know my dad was going through all of this. I didn't know I would have to do this. And, and in the beginning, I underestimated what it would take to actually achieve the level of success that I saw in my mind. Yeah. And so, like I said, a lot of it was just a lot of trial and error. Um, I started out trying to do the blog. Like, so this was probably like 2011, 2012 when I got the blog bug because I love to write anyway. So um, I, I'm, I was always writing, even as a child. I love to read books. I, I probably have more books than I'll ever read in my lifetime. But mm -hmm. I love that. So I felt like because I, blog, you know, back then blogging was taking off. It was everybody yeah. was starting to blog and all of this. So I was like, well, let me just do that. And so, okay, so I started it and most of the stuff that I was putting out there was really like more so on the ministry side, like the inspiration. And that was really where my brand, a part, a part of my brand, which is called Emerge. And if you've seen anything on my website, like my blog or anything like that, it is called Emerge University. And one of the things real quick that's unique about it is because the, the M and the E in Emerge is prominent, meaning me. And so one of the things that I will always write about is the fact that we are emerging, meaning that we're not in anything that we're called to be. I like it just like the caterpillar and the butterfly. Everything yeah. that the caterpillar needs to become the butterfly is within it. And I think sometimes we miss it because we're looking outside of ourselves to for the things that are to help us to walk into our destiny. When God placed everything that we need inside of us, it's just about us yielding to the process. So that's kind of where I got it. that from. So I, you know, so I was doing this stuff and I, and and I just could never figure out. I'm like, OK, wait a minute. I'm blogging consistently. I'm putting these posts out. I started my little email list, all this. And I'm still not like, OK, well, how are people making money off of this? Like, how <laughs> right, are these right. people doing all this stuff <laughs> and making that. all this money? And so I kind of got into and I, I won't say any names, but like a couple people that I started following, they're pretty big names in terms. They were they weren't as big as back then as they are now. But yeah. I kind of got on their bandwagons and trying to get the coaching and, you know, trying to become a life coach, whatever that means, you know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and so, you know, I was just all these things. And so, like I said, it's just been one of those things of like processing and refining and to really and to really be able to get to a point to where I own who I am fully, you know, like, you know, yeah. trying to pin my identity to this title, to to a culture, to this or to that and just being 
who I am. And I think the more that I started just being comfortable with the things that made me unique, the quirky things, you know, yeah. all of these things, I started, I started, feel, it started feeling more organic and more natural to me in terms of what I was supposed to be doing. And, and one of those things is teaching. Like I said, if I wasn't actually an entrepreneur, I would have taught school. That's That was the path that I was going to take. I was going to teach school because I love teaching. And so I am teaching. However, it didn't take the form that I had planned. Yeah. So I think, I think God never uses anything that we weren't already doing to a degree. You know, in terms yeah. of what our what our destiny, I don't think you just ever arrive. I think you're constantly evolving a, in terms of like your destiny or or the season that God had. Let me let me say that. It's the a season that I'm in right now. Yeah. yeah. So I think he doesn't really ever use anything that you weren't already doing. Like, you know, kind of like Peter, uh, you know, okay, you were fishermen, but now you're fishermen of men. That's you know, exactly it's kind of like it. he doesn't really use anything you weren't already doing. And look, to that point, that's why it's important that we realize who know who we are and pay attention to what we're doing because you know even for myself I can think of times in the past where I was just wasting time like and when you're wasting time you're not really refining anything you're not like you talked about it you talked about like just the trial and error right so I've been one of those people as well that has done you know my wife would tell you like I I was going to do something like re- success was not going to be void for me. Like I was going to be successful one way or another. Um, but what happens is the earlier you start becoming whoever God wants you to be, you can get through those trials and errors and you can, cause we all going to have some of those. Like it's not about shooting, you know, a hundred percent from the field and getting it right the first time. It really is about that process of becoming and you you said something important like god uses who we already are in those quirky things about us like and that's something that i've like i thank god for just for talking to you in this interview because i think people need to hear that like even with branding it's not about creating some fake um watered down version of something you've seen in someone else it really is about crafting like and really presenting who you really are. Um, and I could tell from yourself, just from looking at the brand, you do really good branding, by the way. Um, but looking at the branding and talking to you, I can see and hear the authenticity in it. Um, and I think that's a blessing. And I want people to like, take that from this, like know who you are, know that it's a process. Um, and that God can, can use all of those things. Now, let me ask you this. This is, um, just a little sidebar from the direction of the conversation. Um, really just thinking about you being a PK and wondering like as a PK, right? So I see this, if I narrow it down to two, it can go a million ways, but typically, you know, when your parents are, you know, pastors, um, you either going to like follow in those footsteps and go into ministry or you're going to go completely the other way. And then some people, right, at different times in their lives, they go away and then they come back. So I'm curious, like for you, you know, because you talk about marketplace and ministry in the way that you present your brand, you're very open about that. And I love that. That's what this show is all about. Um, But what was that a process for you or did you always know growing up in church that, hey, I know I want ministry to be part of my business? Or is that something that you had to like kind of come around to? Mm-mm. Yeah, no, I had to come around to that because I was separating the two. It wasn't immediately apparent that business is ministry. Mm. Like it wasn't apparent, you know, at that time because I just felt like they were they were two separate things. And when you talk about marketplace ministry in the grand scheme of things, marketplace ministry is a relatively new new thing, right? Okay. But in terms of and and I I say that, you know, um in terms of just like I said, the grand scheme of things when we talk about just things we've always heard. But um, I I was separating the two, but I had to come to the realization that there are no separate set of values and ethics in terms of how you behave in church. And I'm not talking about church behavior, right? No, I know what you're talking about. I'm saying like the the values and your worldview and the, the way that you treat people. There is no separate set of values, not that I've found. 
nope. in terms of how you behave and how you treat people that are in your church versus how you treat your employees or how you treat your customers or or any of that. Um, I'm not saying that when you start a business, you know, it has to be just overtly, oh, I'm a Christian and you have to just put it in everybody's face. I'm not saying you have to do that either, but I'm saying the values that you build your business on and the way that you conduct business there, your faith has to be interwoven into that all the way through. It has, it, it, I don't, I just don't know that you can separate the two. It should but never turn it, off. That was not, yeah, it wasn't immediately apparent to me in the beginning just because of the way that I was processing things. And even like I said, a lot of the people that I was getting coached by, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily immediate, uh, immediately apparent that those two, you can't really separate those two. Like I said, and especially being in business, being in business requires you to have some faith. <laughs> if, you, if you're doing business right and you don't have any faith to, you know, you're going to be, you know, and I know there are some people out there that's going that route, but, yeah. you know, and you have to have faith. You have to have that, that, that source that you're plugged into. Even yeah. in terms of just the success of your business, if you're not plugged into the source, that's how I get divine ideas. Um, my creativity, that's the source. Yeah. So I, I just don't know how how any how you do it if you if you're not um, making those two overlap. Yeah, no, I feel that we did a whole episode. I don't remember what number it was because it was a while ago on Christian values in business and talked about some of the things that you're talking about right now, how like. You know, the mistake that some believers make is thinking that you can turn those things off or that you should or that it's even necessary for you to have success. And I could tell you that, you know, even in the corporate world, I live by the same set of values that I do in doing this show. Um, so if I'm working on a business partnership, that takes integrity and character because, you know, you're meeting individuals all the time that don't know you from Adam. Right. Um, just like you and I, we don't know each other. And I actually, just as a sidebar, I love this part of life um, because I think with social media, we think we know everything about everyone. Um, but in business, a lot of times you're coming across people that you don't know. And when you're right. driven by Christian values, what ends up happening is that you do good business, meaning something right. as simple as especially working in sales. If I tell someone I can do something like, hey, if you do this, I'll do this. And we're negotiating. Right. Like, I've seen this so many times where people negotiate and they say things that they don't really mean at the negotiation table. And when uh -huh. it's time to deliver, once you've agreed on something, it's like, oh, well, I didn't mean it's the small, the small print mentality. And so Christian values really can help us even in non-Christian related business if you're just working in general business. Um, so I, I couldn't agree more. And it's a huge plus when you could do the type of business that you're doing that involves ministry, which is what, you know, pushes me to do things like this show because it goes beyond what I do in a corporate world, um, but also allows me to kind of pull some of those principles together. So I think it's super important if you're a Christian out there and you start in a business, um, not to feel like you have to um, hide your Christianity or your faith. Um, now, now, like Rachel said, that doesn't mean if, if you have an ice cream parlor that the sprinkles got to be shaped in crosses, but the heart, you know what I'm saying? Like the heart of that uh -huh. business, it shouldn't be no second guessing. People, people should know you're a Christian, um, even when you don't tell them just by, by your character. All right. right. So, so Rachel, I'm going to tell you the one I, I'm about to tell you, like, this is why I reached out to you. Right. Um, uh -huh. I reached, like I said, I, I do interviews with some entrepreneurs. I know some I don't. Um, it's always kind of tough when you reach out to people you don't know um, because everyone receives you a little differently because um, they don't know you too. It's like, who is this email? Inspire guys, people, whatever. But the, the one reason I reached out to you is because this line you have in your bio um, on Instagram, you say, helping you transform your life through faith and online business. Um, that's why I reached out to you because our show is about balancing faith and business to guide people to their purpose. So I want to talk a little bit about that, like and unpack exactly what it is um, that you do. Like, so if I'm a person out there and it's like, okay, you're going to help me transform my life through faith and online business. I see that you do um, the training sessions on Fridays. 
So can you uh-huh. give us a little um, in-depth on like, you know, hey, what what is it that Rachel um, specifically can do for me and who your target audience is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, in terms of the, the free training Fridays, again, that was kind of one of those divinely inspired ideas um, in terms of just the structure of it. Now, of course, I've been doing free trainings. I go live, you know, here. But in terms of the structure of it and just even the 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 actual way to even uh, monetize that particular part of my business, um, it came straight from God. And it was really inspired and it was really birthed throughout this COVID-19 season. Um, And one of the things that happened was when we were first kind of moving into it it, back in what, March? um, And we realized that, okay, this this is not regular. Like this is something, you know, that's different right now. Um, and one of the things that really broke my heart was to see the fact of many people, very talented people, good people, couldn't even go two weeks without getting a paycheck before they were taken out the game. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And it's just like, OK, wait a minute. You know, businesses, other businesses that couldn't last two weeks, didn't have enough reserve for two weeks yep. to go. You know what I'm saying? Like I saw a lot of it and I was like, oh, my goodness. And it's just, you know, I started talking to people and just reaching out to uh, my audience. And and that's the thing. And I want to just drop that in there, too. When we talk about pivoting in business, those that have had to make the pivot all the time, it's not about acquiring new customers. It's about reaching out to your current customers and saying, OK, guys, what do y'all need from me now? Yeah. Like, you know, you know, yes, we know that this is the route we're going. But right now, what what is it that I can do for you all now? And one of those things was is that, okay, we don't know how to bring our brick and mortar businesses online. We don't know how to do this. We don't know how to do that in terms of, okay, well, how do I start an email list or how do I do this or how do I get on Zoom or how do I create a sales funnel or, you know, all of these terms that are specific to online business that a lot of people, if you just don't know, you don't know. And so I started doing these free trainings and I started doing them consistently. And I said, you know, and it was even the title free training Fridays, like God gave me that. Like it was like, you know, okay, just call it free training Fridays and and you'll do a training, um, you know, on different business principles every Friday. People can tune in live, you know, get the replays by signing up for the membership. You know, all of those things God just gave me. But it wasn't so much. um of me just trying to find a way to make money because there's a lot of ways that I can make a whole lot more money. Um, but it was about, about giving that information and that knowledge that I had at that time to help people for what they needed in that moment and in that season and what they still need in terms of, like I said, bringing their businesses online and, and taking those skills. And one of the things in terms of the people that typically are in my target audience are people that want to become online coaches or consultants or that are doing kind of like a done for you type of a service. Okay. Um, growing up, like I said, we had, we've always had service-based businesses. I've even done dabbled in real estate management for a while. So I've always done service-based businesses. So I don't really get into like e-commerce and people that are in product heavy type businesses, but I love to help people find their unique skills. Again, like I said earlier, God isn't really going to, just require anything from you that you weren't already doing. So let's find that profitable skill set that you can take. I'm not even saying that you have to become a full-time entrepreneur. I know that's not everybody's goal. Right. However, I do believe that everybody needs to have an entrepreneurial mindset in how they approach their finances and how they approach their life in terms of even creating generational wealth and just legacy in general. And so one of the things that I really work with my students on and the people that follow me in terms of my audience is finding the area that they are called to be a tour guide in. And so what I mean Mm -hmm. when I say a tour guide is that you have travel agents and you have tour guides. And when you think of a person that's a travel agent, how many times have you ever been on a trip with your travel agent? Probably next to never. Because all a travel agent's job is to send you places oftentimes they themselves have never been. I've never seen my travel agent. Right. So when you get to the place that they sent you, it's a chance you're still going to get lost. You may not know your way around when you get there because there's nobody there in that place that you're in now to help guide you. And so you see a lot of travel agents online in the online business world. 
And so people that are trying to do things and just regurgitating information that they see other people doing and they really have no frame of reference for the place that they are trying to take their audience to. Talk about it. But I try to help people to become a tour guide. And what is that? Meaning that when you go on a trip or when you're going on a journey, your tour guide is the person that's out front, that's there with you on that journey guiding you because they've been there time and time again. They know the shortcuts. They know the history of that place. And they can tell you what to avoid or the places that you need to go to. And and you won't get lost if you have that tour guide with you. And so that's what I try to help my students do is to find that unique skill, that thing that has made them them, that story that they can use to be a tour guide for somebody else and monetize that. Because a lot of times people, they they know they have a skill set, they just don't know how to monetize it and how to sell it to people and they don't know who to sell it to. But that's what my whole program, a lot of my programs are about, is helping you to become a tour guide for your audience so that you can be able and be that person that can authentically be out there out front guiding yeah. because it's been you're, you've been there time and time again so who better to lead the people that are in the place you used to be in than somebody that has walked in their shoes okay I they can this. relate to you yeah I they can, you can you can relate to them they can relate to you and you can be that guide for them the tour guy i like this okay i need to talk about this a little bit because one of the interesting things about life and business and success in in our age in our generation um number one i think like you know social media i love market my degree is in marketing um i love branding like i literally love those things but i also know how things can be manipulated and when you talk about a travel agent so i think a lot of people struggle with that so i love the fact that you made it so plain and simple like what the difference between a travel agent and a tour guide is. And I I think that we need to think about this more about this idea of like, I want to be a tour guide, meaning I don't want to just, for instance, get on social media and create um, videos about success in business. And I've never had success in business. But if I'm a tour guide, I'm literally guiding you through what I've learned. And so I love that. And that's why um, even what I like about your story is how you talked about the instinctiveness and the process. And those are all the things that give you the credibility and experience to be a tour guide, because that's a real part of it. Like nobody wants a tour guide that never been there. Like, bruh, like you don't know. So you don't know where we at either. Like what you mean? Like, wait a minute, we about, we about to be lost. Like, we, you know, we in the mid, we in Guatemala, and you talking about you right, ain't never you been here. <laughs> so, look, me and my wife went to, uh, last year we went to the Bahamas, and we had this tour guide, and homie, like, he just didn't talk really. And I'm like, he was making me nervous, because I'm like, bro, your whole job is based around right. making us comfortable, and you looking like you don't got nothing to say. And like right. you said, like it's that that comfort and, and credibility is is big to me because, again, I guess just working in sales and business partnerships is really important to be able to deliver. And one thing that people don't realize is that when you're out here trying to tell people something that you don't know, other people know that you don't know. Like right. it's almost like it's almost like when a person smells funny. And it's like, yo, we, you trying to cover it. Like we actually, everybody in here know is you. And so, no, I love the, I love this tour guide, um, this tour guide idea and the fact of like, Hey, showing people, um, where you have already been. So let let me ask you this, um, before I, uh, we getting close on the time and I want to respect your time and get you out of here. But I want to know before we go, um, who has influenced you the most, like, so if you can give me two people, um, and it doesn't have to necessarily be the the number one person, but just two people who have influenced you, one personally, so just in your life growing up, and then if there's somebody, someone from afar um, that has influenced you in ministry or business, um, and just kind of the, the point of that question is to find out how do you stay energized, motivated, and keep yourself on the right track, and oftentimes I know that's because of um, other people that have had an impact on us? 
Yeah. I would say um, the first person that that always comes to mind and I give him credit for a lot of where I am today because a lot of who I am is is just like him. And that's my dad. My dad actually passed in 2015. But one of the things about my dad is that he didn't even have a sixth grade education. Wow. So in terms of just on paper, um, in terms of the things that you know, we typically qualify people by, he didn't have any of that. So to see him be able to just amass the things that he was able to amass for his family and the legacy that he left here um, in 2015, it's just incredible. And one of the things that he, there was, and this, I'll say this, there was no coddling in our home. Yeah. So in terms of excuses and all of these things people try to throw up, there was there, none of that was allowed because my dad would always be like, if I can do it with with a sixth grade education, you and surely you and your college yeah. degree can get it figured out. <laughs> right. Surely you you and you surely you can take that degree and put it to some good use. So a lot of the things that I see and, and you know, later in life, I learned a lot of the things that were going on in terms of a lot of the things that he was dealing with and a lot of the challenges um, that he eventually shared with me and just the, the conversations that we had. Absolutely. I think he is one of the people that stay in my mind in terms of when things do get challenging. Yeah. Um, and just to show me how to have relentless faith with things, because some of the things I think the reason that my dad was so fearless or what appeared to be fearless, I'm sure he had fear a lot of times and just didn't say anything. But one of the things that I do think was some of his claim to fame in terms of just doing it anyway, was a, I think the lack of education or the lack of exposure to different things yeah. actually caused because nobody, t- he didn't know any better. Exactly. Oh, you mean I can't do it? <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know I couldn't do it. Right. <laughs> it's just right. like, so I think some of it was a little bit of like a lack of, sometimes we get so smart till we overanalyze and we overthink it. And we, we just think, think ourselves outside of what God can do. And it was just kind of like, he wasn't even thinking about that. It was just like, okay, if God said it, then I believe it. And that's, that's the way we're going type yeah. of thing. Living with no and limitations. So, I love that right. because like you said, sometimes we know so much that it holds us back um, and yeah. it prevents us from having faith. So, no, I, I like that a lot. Yeah. So I would say my dad is probably the number one person. Um, I would say secondly is my my pastor now, um, Bishop Jakes. He has been a huge influence on my life in terms of just pursuing destiny and pursuing those things and just exposing us to another way of living, thinking and being. So I would say he's probably um, has been a big influence in his ministry. And just all of that has been a big influence on me in terms of, like I said, where um, where I am today in terms of, like I said, just just expanding my thinking, expanding what I believe is possible for my life. And so I would say I would, he's probably the next person that popped into my mind. There's a couple other people that did, but yeah, no, you I said love that. two, so right. <laughs> you no, said no. two, so we go. <laughs> and I know we all have, you know, that's why I'm like, I try to frame up those questions to where if anybody that uh, feel like they supposed to be named, you know, they hear you talking like, oh, what about, <laughs> you know, I'm like, hey, we leave it at, you know, we, I kind of got it as two and it don't have to be the most important. So hopefully everybody's cool. Uh, with your dad yeah, and your pastor, I think that is um definitely you can't go wrong um with with choosing those. So I want to I want to get you out of here um on, on this question um and then uh, also before you go, I want you to just share um how people can find you online. And again, I'll make sure those uh, links are in the description. Um, but if anyone wants to reach out to you or something like that, if you could tell them what the best way is. But um, I want you to just tell us like. What is next for you? And I know you and I'm asking this question knowing already that you are a person that talked about the fact that you're instinctive and you have to be able to pivot and things like that. But, you know, if you were just thinking about, hey, the next one to three years in business and ministry to me, ideally or hopefully look like this, you know, what are kind of your plans uh, moving forward and what more growing do you even have to do uh, being successful in business? Uh, the short answer. I'm gonna give you the short answer. Okay. So I would say that for in business, my focus now is heavily on creating 
generational wealth and creating a legacy in terms of my business. So what I mean by that is I've been working in terms of the the offerings and the things that I that I that I put out into the world on creating a solid methodology, right? So that my, my kids they can't do anything with Rachel L. Proctor International. Like I wanted to with my personal brand, I want to leave something that they can take, um, or you know whoever is to come that they can actually take and 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 actually use it. So it's not so personal. Like I said, I have a personal brand. But in my business, I've been working on creating this methodology and we see people do it all the time. So it's not anything that's new. But I think that, again, in terms of things that I've been exposed to and and things that um, I have that I thought was possible, you know, it wasn't one of those things that I thought was possible. So I've been putting a lot of framework in place to say, okay, what am I really building? You know what I'm saying? Like, am I building an Instagram page or am I trying to build? lasting wealth and something that will outlive me. And so that's why I've been really putting a lot of thought into the methodology in terms of my teachings, in terms of my programs, my business coaching, my style of coaching. Um, Like I said, those that framework that I've been building throughout my coaching, if you've ever been coached by me, then you probably know a little bit of what, what what I'm talking about. But yeah, so that's kind of the thing for my business. Um, I would say that um, also one of the things that I, I have really been striving to do is to put myself in a financial position so that I can do some of those more those things that are more of a passion project. And yeah. so I honestly really, really, really love entrepreneurs, um, especially African-American entrepreneurs and just helping them to be able to get the education that they need. Because yeah. like I said, just this whole COVID-19 thing, let me see that, OK, we got to get this information out there like people need the information and i think you don't know what you need until you need it and you don't have it so one of the things we we really saw was that okay we have got to make this type of business training and this level of business education available number one to all people um but the majority of my audience and the people that i teach are african-american yeah and so i really have been trying to be very focused in terms of like i said first and foremost just building that putting that that framework in place for my business in terms of methodology, but also from a philanthropic standpoint, being able to um, offer that type of training to uh, to business owners out there. And so I believe that, like I said, working on putting positioning myself financially to a certain place to where I know that I need to be in order to, to kind of take my take my foot off the gas in terms of um, work to be able to move into the philanthropic space of this type of online, I mean, this type of uh, business education for entrepreneurs. So I would love to be doing that. You know, I, I like about, you know, and the reason I even asked that question and I didn't even expect you to have so much detail, which is amazing, um, is that so many times, like, we get caught up in the now that we're not thinking about, hey, why, like you said, like, yeah, it's dope to build, an online brand or my website or whatever, but you have to be thinking ahead about, all right, what am I ultimately, what am I trying to get to? And I love that you talked about legacy, which is super important to me. Um, as my wife and I kind of script out, you know, our goals and our plans, we were talking even this week about like, okay, we did these things five years ago to get here, right? We don't want to just stop here. Um, because we know there's more for God to do um, with us. And so we want to make sure we continue to grow. So I love that you, you didn't just get comfortable with growth. Like, okay, I'm successful. Let's just sit back and get comfortable. No, the Lord continues to stretch us. And I think that's a message in a word for anyone out there listening is like, don't allow yourself, just don't start feeling yourself because you successful. Okay, cool. But, but can you pass it down now? That becomes the next thing. And then you talked about something even beyond that about, Hey, do something with passion, um, you know, a, a philanthropic project and things like that. And sometimes it's like, we don't realize you can't give nothing if you don't have anything. So right. it's like, <laughs> you know, but those things are, those things are all about purpose. That's what gives you the energy and the motivation to continue to work. Even if you're successful, even if God has blessed you is because there's a purpose behind it. So, no, I definitely appreciate you jumping on the show today, Rachel. Um, I know you're super busy. 
Um, but let tell the people how they can get in touch with you um, if they want to reach out um, to you and if they want to check out the free training you do every Friday. Because again, there look, there is one thing to have resources there, right? The next step for people to take, and I'm saying generally, not even just with this, is to actually take advantage of the free resources um, that have been presented for, for us, even if they came through problems. Problems present opportunity. So uh, can you tell us how to get in touch with you, Rachel, um, if we want to take advantage of those free resources? Sure. I would say the easiest way is just to go to my website, rachellproctor.com, and the schedule for the free trainings, all this stuff is on there, as well as all of my contact information and more ways to work with me and all of that stuff is on my website. Or like I said, if you want to uh, find me on social, I'm most active on Instagram. So that is uh, at Rachel L. Proctor. Y'all heard it, folks. Thank you so much for your time today, Rachel. Um, the tour guy. I love that. I love that whole idea. That's going to be planted in my mind. Um, be a tour guide, not a travel agent. Uh, we appreciate you at Inspire God's People and, you know, pray nothing but many more blessings on your life and your business and ministry. All right. All right. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. God's people, thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoy what you heard, please do stop over to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Subscribe to the show. You can just even Google Inspire God's People and enjoy every show all the way back to our first episode. And please do not forget to tell a friend. We love you. Inspire God's People. If you looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I serve below the surface. It's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world. Look in the sky, there ain't no stars in it. The art is all natural and authentic. Rivers of love, we swimming for us. We can't drown if we fall in it. If you looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I serve below the surface. It's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world.